This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you very much. And hello again, my radio friend. How in the world are you? Doing all right today? I've just been praying that God might put his truth and his power and most of all his love into the very tone of my voice and in the words that I say so that you'll be blessed and refreshed and helped along life's way. May God answer that prayer for us today. We're in First Peter chapter 4 and we've gotten into verse 9 where Peter says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. The last broadcast that we had together, I was <clears throat> meditating with you on this idea of using Christian hospitality. When you invite someone into your home and serve them a good meal or a dessert or whatever, they used to call it coffee clutch evangelism. When you invite someone into your home that way, you establish rapport, the, bar- the barriers are broken down, people cease to be suspicious and uh, ill at ease, and they feel at home with you, and then you have a chance providing, that is, that your Christianity is real, you have a chance to share your Lord with them. Use it, use it, use hospitality. Jesus said, I was hungry, and you fed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was a stranger. You received me, you took me in. You and I can do no better than to follow the example of our blessed Lord in those matters. Now he says, do it without without grudging. That's an interesting word. Looked at it in my Greek New Testament today, just to re, just to refresh it in my own mind. Gangasmus <laughs> sounds like grumbling, doesn't it? It's a it's a, a word that means grumbling, grumbling. People who are kind to you because they have to turn out to be sort of an affront, isn't that true? Oh, dear. When people tell me how much it costs them to be kind to me, I sort of wish they hadn't bothered. I want you to know I missed my lunch to do this. Well, you should have had your lunch. <laughs> Without grumbling. You See, you don't get any extra reward when you do kind things because you have to. And people don't appreciate it. it. It may be helpful to them, and it may be something that costs you time and energy or money. But if you do it because you have to, with a forced, grumbling, grudging spirit, it takes all the joy out of it, and people don't appreciate it, and you don't get any reward for it. That's what Peter is saying. Don't, don't grumble about it. <laughs> I thought just now of the story about the the lady who was having company. The house was clean and spotless. Everything was shining. The best silver and the best china was on the table and there was a beautiful floral centerpiece and the, the meal was cooked to perfection. Everything was perfect. The company was there and the little girl was seated at the table with her mother and her mother said, Now, dearie, you can say grace for us tonight. You can pray. And the little girl, who may have been five or six, I don't know, uh, in the story, looked up and said to her mother, Mommy, I don't really know what to say. And her mother said, Well, you can just pray what you heard me pray. 
And so the little girl folded her hands and bowed her head and said, Oh, Lord, why do we have to have these people tonight? <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes, huh? Well, without grumbling, without grumbling, don't do it because you have to. Do it because you want to. Far better if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But if you want to be helpful to people and it comes out of a heart of love, then it's, it's helpful, it breaks down the barriers, it gives you an opening for sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Use, use it, use hospitality. The word translated hospitality actually means love of friends. You have some friends, show them your love. That's what it means. And do it without grudging. Now, in verse 10, he says, As every man hath received the gift. Now, God gives different gifts, as Paul says in Romans. I'll turn to that passage right now, and, and we'll see what it says. God has given different gifts. As every man hath dealt to every man the measure of faith, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, and let love be without hypocrisy. Gifts that God has given uh, to you as... Uh, uh, an individual. You see, there is the, uh, there's the, the list in Romans. As every man hath received the gift. Now, God hath set some in the church. I'm reading now from 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Now, he says not everybody's an apostle. An apostle, not everybody is a prophet. Not everyone is a teacher. Not everyone works miracles. Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? No, he says they don't all do it, but God has given these gifts. And so God has set in the church certain, certain people with certain gifts. He that ascended... Uh, uh, up into heaven, that he might fill all things. He gave some, this is, this is Ephesians chapter 4 now. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some teaching pastors for the perfecting of the saints and the work of the ministry. I always say perfecting. Somebody wrote me and said, why do you mispronounce that? It should be perfecting. Okay, I'll say it perfecting. <laughs> I don't know where I got into that habit. Years ago, somebody used it and I, and I picked it up power of habit's pretty strong, isn't it? Now he says, if any man speak, no, as every man hath received the gift. Now Peter has a listing of, of, of gifts, the gift of speaking, the gift of ministering, and uh, well, that's all, he, all, that's all he has there. If any man speak and if any man minister, that God may be glorified. All right. Think about this. Have you ever thought about what gift God has given you. Now, all of us have certain abilities, and thank God we have them. We always wish we had more. I know I do. Don't you? But God has given you some gifts. I, rem 
<laughs> I'll tell you this just for a chuckle, okay? I remember being in, in meetings in Sioux City, Iowa back in the early 1950s. It must have been 1950, maybe one or two or three around in there. And the meetings were going rough, and I brought everybody I could to, to bring extra people in. I had Rudy Atwood there from the old the old-fashioned uh, revival hour. with uh, He played piano for Dr. Fuller. You remember that? And I had some other people there to sing. I brought Stuart Hamlin and, and some other people. I forget who all. To try to get a crowd. And then, of course, all I know then and now is to pray. Work like everything and pray your way through. And so I was working, but I said to the fellows on the team and other friends, said, we better have a, a night of prayer and seek God and break through here. So uh, two things happened in that, in that night of prayer. My good friend Kelly Beale, who still lives out in the Long Beach area, and I think he's still on the radio. You may hear him now and again. Uh, he was with me there and... Uh, he was praying and didn't seem really to, to get very far in his praying. And finally, in complete frustration, he broke off and he said, Hey, Lord, I'm Kelly Beal. Remember me here in Sioux City? <laughs> he just felt like he wasn't getting anywhere. Well, then it came time for someone else to pray, Rudy Atwood, the, the piano player, a dear man and, and, a, and a great friend. Well, he prayed, and, and he made a very good prayer. Then he got around to praying for Bob Cook. And he prayed for me, Lord, that the Lord would bless me and fill me. And then he broke off and thought a minute, and he said, And Lord, here's this man that's got this great executive gift, and he thinks he wants to preach. Help him, Lord. <laughs> well, the, the, that broke us all up, you know. We had a little break there to chuckle before we went to praying again. Here's this man got this great executive gift, and he thinks he wants to preach. Well, I didn't think I had any executive gift. I hadn't discovered anything about that. I was just busy trying to keep things going. Beloved, listen, give some thought and prayer to what God has specially given you. Some of you have such precious qualities. I know many of you, of course, from having met you, and, and some of you are dear friends through the years, and and, and I sense that you have such wonderful, precious qualities from God. And I just long for you to use them fully for his glory. Some of you have a gift at writing, but you don't do much of it. You keep thinking you'll get at it. And some of you have the gift of just encouraging people. People feel better when you, when you come into their presence. They get encouraged because you're there. And some of you have a great loving heart that 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 uh, takes up the burden of other people's concerns and and helps them and comforts them. And some of you can manage and some can sell and some can sing and some can preach and so on and so on. Different gifts. Oh, he says, as every man hath received the gift. Now, Paul says in, in Corinthians, what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Anything you have is not yours in a proprietary sense. God has just loaned it to you. Preacher, God could take away your voice and you wouldn't be able to say a word. And a preacher without his pipes is bad. You know, that's tragic. All that God has to do for any of us is just look away from us for an instant and we're ruined. And so what you have is loaned to you by the grace of God. Always remember that as every man hath received the gift. So 
On that basis, that it's yours to use but not to own, on that basis, he says, even so minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The grace of God not only gets you to heaven, but equips you on the way. Had you stopped to think that it is God's saving grace that has made you what you are? Here's a man who's an attorney, and he's the head of a great corporation, and he can write beautifully and speak effectively. And I look at him, and I think, oh, boy, has he, has he got gifts? Has he got abilities? But you know the purpose of all of that? My beloved friend is that you use that as a steward of God's grace. It's his saving and transforming grace that has given you the ability to administer and the ability to interpret the law and apply it and the ability to speak effectively to others and the ability to write beautifully. That's just one package of one life that I know down through the years. Manifold grace of God. Stewards. What does a steward do? He takes something that belongs to somebody else and invests it for a profit. That's what a steward does in the biblical sense. Something that belongs to somebody else. You see, your gifts are not yours. They're given you to use from your blessed Lord. And you're to invest them for his glory. You think and pray about that, will you? As the days go by, we'll get back to this momentarily the next time we get together. Well, dear Lord, we love you, and we're thankful for your blessing. Oh, wilt thou help us to use your gifts today. Amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.